The world of theater is full of stars. But just like in the night sky, sometimes we don't see them all. Some are in the wings, some are maybe up over us in the catwalk. Hopefully they're not under the stage, but um, you never know. In this series, we are going to meet those hidden stars of the theater, hear their stories, and be inspired by them. So join me on this journey here in my state-of-the-art production studio in my backyard as we meet the hidden stars of theater. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Hidden Stars of Theater. As always, it's great to have you here in my camper in my backyard just to hang out and meet some really cool people who do some of the jobs in uh, the theater world that we don't necessarily always hear about or think about, although they're just as important as any other position in making the magic happen in all of the things that we love when it comes to musical theater. And today, our Hidden Star is no different. That is Renee Levine. And Renee is an A2. If you've been watching, you know that an A2 is in the audio team and uh, does most of the uh, kind of backstage type of things. And so uh, she's going to be a little different because most everyone we've talked to so far has been primarily on touring. And although she has toured some, most recently, she's been working on Broadway in kind of a unique way that we'll, we'll be uh, hearing about directly from Renee. So before, though, we get to that, we have a featured school of the day, and that is East Forsyth High School from Kernersville, North Carolina, uh, under uh, the direction of Tiffany Burgess, and they sent us some incredible show shots. So uh, before we get to Renee, which we want to do here pretty quick, we're going to look at those and celebrate what they did this year. So why wait? Let's get right to it. Let's roll those show shots. Hi Eagles, Burge here, and I just wanted to take a minute to say, I know this year didn't turn out like the way we had hoped or the way we had planned, but I just wanted to let you know I'm exceptionally proud of all of you, the way you have persevered and pushed through this whole situation. And to our seniors, you will be greatly missed. I am proud of your work, I am proud of your accomplishments, and I cannot wait to see all the wonderful things you guys do in the future. Love you all. And next year, we'll get back at it, and it'll be a great year. Take care. Love you. All right, folks, we are back. Uh, hope you enjoyed those show shots from our feature school. We are here today with Renee Levine. Renee is uh, our, our star of the day. And Renee is going to teach us all about specifically what it means to be an A2 in uh, the theater world and i know we've we've heard from uh, mike rookstad in the past about being an audio engineer and he uh he's an a2 right now but most of the time he's an a1 so he kind of talked to us more about that so i'm interested to find out one of the other roles within that team in a little more depth but what i'm really excited to hear is about renee's story because that's what makes us all unique so renee welcome welcome to the hidden stars of theater it is great to have you today thank you you bet. Absolutely. And so we uh, there's no reason to delay. Let's get right into it. And uh, as always, what we want to start with is just getting to know you. We really want to hear your story because that's where, you know, uh, we get to learn what is it that, that has you doing what you're doing and what what was the drive to get you here and what things influenced you, because that helps us know if this is something we want to do. You know, what are some things that we can do to find success? Uh, because obviously you have found success because you're a star. You're a star. And, <laughs> uh, so we would just love to hear your story. If you want to start at the beginning and just talk about people who maybe influenced you some or um, things that you did that really helped shape you and get you uh, into what you needed to be to do what you do. So I'm just going to turn it over to you and let you go for a little bit here and tell us all about uh, Renee Levine. Okay. Um, so uh, my my parents are from New York. They're born and raised in New York. And then um, for a job, they moved to California, which is where I was born and raised and went to high school and everything. Um, I danced for a really long time since I was five. Um, and then I, uh, I worked with a community theater group in Fresno, California called Good Company Players. And they had a really excellent um, children's training program. And that's where I learned all kinds of things, you know, like 
uh, early is on time, you know, like basic discipline of theater. Yeah, yep, kind of um, cut, cut your teeth there in theater. That's cool. Exactly. And um, then from there, I went to a performing arts high school, uh, Roosevelt School of the Arts in Fresno, California. And both of these, um, the high school and the community theater, um, like Audra McDonald's an alumni and people like that. Oh, so wow. it's, yeah. yeah, so it's, it's, it's pretty legit. It's legit. Um, that's great. Yeah. And then I went to uh, college for theater in New York because most of my family is still living in New York and I wanted to be closer to them. And New York is more of the theater kind of center of the country. Yeah. Um, so I've, I've heard that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I went to State University of New York at New Paltz, which is about an hour and a half north of the city. And I mostly did a lot of dance and choreography and, and things like that. Okay. And then everybody has to do a certain amount of tech credits towards your degree. So they, I was like assistant choreographing the musical company and they needed someone to mix the musical, which I think Mike covered pretty much what, what that is. And they asked me to do it because they thought that I could be at the console in the back of the house mixing and also watching and taking dance notes. So they thought that that would be a good combination. And Did you have a lot I of said, that? no, zero. Like I didn't, zero I was like, what? Thrown <laughs> <laughs> yeah. into the fire. Hey, this is yeah. a sound good. Have fun. I mean, yeah, that's basically what it was. Like our school didn't yeah. even have a sound professor at the time. Now they have a, a wonderful sound professor, but they, they didn't in like 2000 and I guess 2007 this this was so uh we had a guy though who would come and rent us equipment um so he kind of like got me a little stool because I was too short to see over the console and he was like here stand on this push the fader up when they talk pull it down when they don't talk I gotta go <laughs> so that was kind of how that went um but that's when I was like oh this is so cool like this is such a cool way to like affect the audience without them even being like knowing that they're being affected and I thought that that was so cool so then I really started um uh going more like studying more sound and being more interested in in audio for for theater and because we didn't have any sound like a professor anybody really to to guide me um, the costume professor, um, Andrea Vargas, she was like, you should go do internships over the summer, summer theater internships, and then you can kind of come back and just sort of apply it and we'll let you sound design the, the college plays and musicals. So that's what I did. I did, um, summer internships at Adirondack Theater Festival, Pennsylvania Shakespeare Festival, and then I also did a Park Playhouse in Albany. So I basically was just learning over the summer all that I could and then trying to apply it the next semester. And that was kind of how uh, I learned really. And, you know, there wasn't really a formal audio training because they didn't right. have it, right. but I, I felt like I had freedom to make mistakes or just spend as long as I needed, just trying to figure it out myself. So I think uh, there's value in just sort of playing around and seeing uh, if you can do it and what, what you can come up with. Absolutely. Yeah, so, what is the, the summer stock situation um, at, at each of those different places, what, were there more professional uh, sound engineers there? Who, who yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. So I was able to, yeah, well, the first one that I did, it was this, uh, this grad student, uh, he was like a grad student studying sound design. So he was kind of like in school already. So he was able to teach me a lot, um, just kind of like, this is what I'm learning in school. And he was like, here's how to solder. And I was like, what? Like, just really. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there was more formal, like formal, you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Cool, and then uh, you got to apply that take that back to the school and teach others. Which yeah, is and, and kind of just did did my best with with that. Uh, the big deal was when we when we finally, the the tech director uh, 
finally was like, okay, we got SFX. Like we bought a subscription to SFX. Nice. We need to figure out how it works because, you know. <laughs> yep. Yep. Absolutely. So kind of messing around with that. And then there was a couple more kids that got interested in audio. And now, now there's a wonderful sound professor who like associate sound designs off uh, on Broadway and everything. So oh, she's wow. amazing. So now yeah. it's the, now it's probably like a worthwhile uh, state school to go to if you're interested in, in audio. Um, and then after I graduated college, I got a job traveling with the Big Apple Circus. And I really just got that job by, it was like on offstagejobs.com. They just needed a sound as assistant. And I showed up and I was willing to do it. Um, so they were like, okay, cool. You can, you can have the job if you think you can. Uh, 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 that's it. Yeah. Um, so like the, the sound assistant, my job was pretty much just, uh, so there was the A1 that mixed just like, just like Mike said. And then as the A2, um, because it's a circus, it was mostly like the band and that's what you were in charge of is like touring this band. And there's a couple microphones, like the ringmaster and some clowns and stuff, but it was mostly just about the band. So I really learned how to, how to tour and, you know, hang, hang speakers and pack them up and pack a truck and dealing with long hours and, um, and chain of command, chain of command is something that I really learned at the circus too, which I think is really important. Um, yeah. yeah. So after that, and you're talking um, a legit old school circus, big time, yeah, yeah. right? Not some show called the circus. It was a circus. Right. Yeah. It was, yeah. Like, like big top, um, tent. I lived in a fifth of a semi truck trailer with wow. like a you know, bunk bed kind of situation. Yeah. It was definitely, uh, yeah. I mean, I was 22 at the time and I don't think, you know, that I could do that again. Well, I'm 32 now. Yeah. So it was 10 years ago. I don't think I could, I could go back and, and work at the circus again, but it was definitely an excellent, um, way to really like just I guess really understanding hard work like actually like earning your stripes and it's funny because now I talk to a couple Broadway stagehands who are like I traveled with Big Apple Circus in 1983 or whatever and everyone's always like oh that's some hard that's a hard job and and it is but um you know once again it's also a really good place to like learn and sort of you know, make mistakes if you have to. Um, yeah. Well, so and, was... and, and probably a great way to find out whether you like touring, right? Because yeah. I mean, that's, that's definitely touring and it's probably, uh, you know, as opposed to touring with an equity show or a, or a Broadway show, probably even harder, I would imagine, living conditions. Oh, yeah. And, and, uh, and personalities, right? Because there are all kinds of personalities at the circus. And so that uh, was super monumental, I think, in me being able to learn how to deal with people from all walks of life, like people who are like third generation circus who work with elephants and like grew up their whole life on like the ringling train or, or people who are, you know, like I even, I even got to meet like the ninth generation uh, Walinda, you know, like all kinds oh, wow. of, of crazy cool. people. Yeah, but then also, you know, circus circus workers, like people, I mean, people who've been to jail, like just all kinds of, just all all walks of life. And I think that has served me well in my career because I don't, I don't want to say I'm not surprised by anything, but I definitely am not one to, like, I'm, I'll never judge you right away because, you know, I've already worked with all kinds of, of legitimately crazy people. So yeah. I guess that's not a judgmental. I personally appreciate that. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> well, very um, good. So after the circus then, what, uh, how long, you know, how long did you tour there and when, what was next? Yeah. So I did about two years there. And then, um, so the, cir the circus used to travel all over the kind of like the Northeast coast. Like we would do Boston and, and Washington DC. And we always had a big sit down in uh, Lincoln Center in New York City. And we did a, a ticket exchange uh, with, with Annie on Broadway. I guess they were, they were probably like, uh, you know, two kid shows. Let's, let's trade some tickets. 
So we went to, I went to see Annie. And at that point I was kind of feeling like I had kind of learned everything there was to really learn from the circus. So I was kind of looking to move on. And my dream was to do, to do theater. My, my whole life I've wanted to work in theater. So I kind of just went up to the guy at the console who was mixing the musical. And I just, I just walked up to him at intermission and I was like, Hi, I'm Renee. I work for Big Apple Circus. How can I do what you do? How can I how can I do what you're doing? And he just looked at me and he was like, "Okay, oh, I'm I'm Shannon. Um, do you want a book?" And I was like, "Okay, that's not what I thought he was going to say." And he gave me his book, which is which was mixing a Broadway musical, and I looked at it and I was like, "Oh, did you did you write this? You know, are you Shannon Slayton?" And he was like, "Yes." And I was like, "Oh, can will you sign it?" So he signed it and then he gave yeah. me his email address and was like, look me up when you when you get out of the circus. So this um, is the same Shannon Slayton that we've heard oh, before. Yes. Episode three, I think, with Mike Ruckstad, huh? Yeah. You yes. Everyone's very godmother. <laughs> <laughs> the famous yeah. Shannon Slayton. That's great. Man, talk about someone who has been influential in, in this industry in just in your discipline. Absolutely. That's, yeah. That's cool. Absolutely. So he, so when I, when I finally left the circus and I was like, I'm just, you know, just looking to, to move up kind of, um, or just away from the things that I felt like I had already learned. Uh, I sent him an email and among some other little just projects around town, um, he was like, do you want a tour? Um, do you think you can handle it? Do you think you would be okay, uh, touring a, a Broadway show? And I remember saying something like, well, it's inside, right? Because the circus, you know, you you show up to a lot full of rocks or mud or, or whatever, and you're pushing road cases over the stuff. And Shannon was like, okay, good point. Yeah, you can, you can have the job. Like, we'll, you know, see how you do. So he gave me my first um, union Broadway tour, which was Elf, the musical. Nice. And then... From there, I did a whole bunch of all kinds of tours. I I toured like a one-nighter Hello Dolly with Sally Struthers. I toured like We Will Rock You and like Matilda. Like I, I did all different kinds of, of things, um, yeah. including Bullets Over Broadway with many of the amazing people that you've been interviewing. Absolutely. That's um, another common thread, which is great. Yeah, yeah, that was such a great crew. Good, good peeps. Um, yeah, so then after a while, I just uh, felt like, so I guess I had started on my tour journey when I was 22, starting with the circus. And then by the time I was 30, I felt like I was like, you know, I think, um, I think I'm ready to just have a dog, you know, like settle down in one place and, um, yes. And New York was that was that place for me because that's where my that's where my family was and that's where Broadway is and let's let's try and do it. Um, so in in the middle of all of this, which is, is kind of kind of weird to explain, but uh, in the middle of all of this, um, I um, was asked to sub on Kinky Boots on Broadway. So what? that what that means is whenever you get um so you have the a1 on a show and then you have the a2 and then there's a period of time where the a2 has to train on the mix and learn it so that they can mix a couple of times a week so um when that happens which it takes about three weeks to train an a2 you need to hire somebody to be the acting a2 backstage while that person can train and then they become the sub so whenever you know someone's out or vacation or sick or something, you can pop in and run the backstage A2 track. So I did that at Kinky Boots in 2013 or 14, something like that. I was on a, on a break in between tours over the summer. Okay. And I, yeah. I did that for them while they were training their new A2. And, uh, and then every so often when I would come back from the road or have it have some some time off, you know, if they needed me, I would I would come in and, and sub and run their track for them. So when I was getting off the road, I emailed Shannon and I was like, 
came back. Let me know if you have any, you know, New York stuff. And he got me to do a similar gig, be the A2 on a Broadway play called Present Laughter. And from there, that's been sort of my gig in life. I've been in the city for about two to three years now, and I've subbed uh, A2 tracks on maybe like 15 Broadway shows. I've done a whole something something like that. Maybe I should maybe that's an exaggeration. Maybe it's more like maybe it's more like 10. Any, anyway, <laughs> um, a lot. Maybe that yeah, maybe that's maybe that's too many Broadway shows. So when, but, you, um, when you do sub um like if you sub a show how often do you sub that same show? Is it like, you know, do you find yourself stepping in every once a month, every two weeks, or, or is there is it any kind of a pattern at all? Oh. Uh, no. <laughs> um, I mean, it really depends what the, what, how the, the, the main crew is. Like, it, it depends if they really, like, want time off or, or they, it just, it just depends. Or I think because, I think because getting a full-time job on Broadway is like, you kind of never know because shows close and open and you, and you, there's no real way to predict how long a show can go um, or when your next kind of job is. I feel like sometimes once people get a show, they, maybe there's a little bit of like, okay, I can relax and maybe take like a weekend off because instead of that constant, like hustle, 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 because I don't have a job. Right. So, you know, I guess, and then also people work during the day too. So um, if say you want to do like a load in during the day and you don't feel like doing your show at night or something, then you, then you have your sub come in and do it. So, cause really, I mean, in New York, you can just work right around the clock. Like you can have an 8am load in, you know, work until five, then go to your five thirty call. If you want, you can, you know, do your show. If you want, you can do some overnight changeover that's happening, you know, like really yeah. you can just keep working around the clock. So sometimes I'll step in for people if they, they need a little break or, or something but um but I've never felt like it's um I've never felt like it's there's uh no stability being a sub I've I've always felt like I've been in quite a bit and I, I never felt like it was like oh gosh I need them to take time off because there's always something to do you can do a load in or or whatever um so I don't think there's no job stability in being a sub if that makes any sense Totally. Yeah. No, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. yeah. And I guess for someone who likes kind of challenges and not necessarily doing the same thing over and over and over and over, that would be a pretty rewarding and fulfilling track. Yeah. And I kind of like, I used to say I'm still on tour, even though I'm like in one city now I'm doing different productions instead of like the same production in different cities, kind of. And, and great for networking. Yes, it is awesome for networking um, because then you meet all different kinds of people and then they can hire you for, you know, the next thing or recommend you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Very good. And that uh, that kind of brings you up to where we are today, I guess. Is that right? Is there anything or just kind of been yeah. all the way through up until where we are? Yeah, pretty. I would say so. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Very good. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to jump back a little bit and just pick a couple things out and ask you to uh, kind of expand on them. Um, one of those is, you know, we always like to, to kind of see what are some skills from our past or your past that really played into what you do. <laughs> uh, and one of the things that you mentioned was um, dance, right? You were uh, yeah. primarily involved in dance up until you were asked to do sound and realize that you loved it once you realize that um that it was either more in your skill set or just uh, something that you, you you tended to enjoy more was it difficult to make that decision because you'd invested so many years in dance yeah um i remember i remember calling my like my best friend from elementary school and being like i'm gonna make a career change and i just remember her saying Renee, that's what college is for. Like, oh, my my dog just ran into the room. That's great. This is your story and your life, so we can meet your dog if he wants to. If you... <laughs> oh, yeah. Come here, Latte. Yeah. That's, that's Latte. Hey, Latte. Latte's like, what are we doing? 
Mom, put me down. Yeah, she's <laughs> like, I want to play. Oh, oh, that's great. Yeah, she just ran. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I've never had that Zoom meeting before where I'm like, oh, my dog just ran in and now it's happened. It has happened for no, real. <laughs> you're a star, what can we say? You know, stars and their pets, right? <laughs> yeah, she's the real diva. that's great that's great so so you're right you know and that's exactly what we're supposed to do in college right we're supposed to explore because you have all the responsibilities and if you're going to change careers or you're going to find out you don't love one thing it's better to do it when you you're still in college than when you're after and kind of committed to that so that's that's exactly a great point did you get pushback from faculty or parents or anyone no no, they were so excited because, like I said, there wasn't really a, a sound professor at the time at my college. So everyone was so excited, like, great, you do it. Um, so they were, like, really excited and, and encouraging of me, um, especially Andrea Varga and Chris Noble, the tech director. They were definitely the ones that were like, yes, go get internships, like, figure this out, you know. And I think that's actually um, a super legit skill is just figuring it out for yourself because a huge part of just a career in the arts in general is just figure it out for yourself. You know, like nobody is gonna make you show up on time or nobody is gonna have or have all the time necessarily to teach you and know all the answers. So I think that just like learning on the fly is really, really valuable. I mean, formal training of course is super important but the skill to think on your feet is incredibly important. Absolutely. You know, and I, it's one of the things the students that I work with, I tell them, because the reality is I'm not going to be with her with them all the time. And so what happens if something comes up and I'm not there to, to help them through it? They've got to figure it out. Right. That's so You've funny. I was just telling I was just telling this to my brother. It's so funny because uh, I was like, right. So if I'm backstage at a Broadway show, I'm not going <laughs> to. And like the microphone breaks, I'm not going to like ask the teacher how to fix the microphone like there's no teacher you know you gotta like be able to like think on your feet and like how are we gonna do this what do we have to fix this right now so yeah that's yeah so i think i think it's valuable um creative kind of, like, yeah so they were they were very supportive of me uh moving into audio that's great that's great um so uh, summer stock. Let me jump to that. So you were in several different summer stock places. Uh, yeah. Talk to us about how you found those, because I know several people have mentioned it. But we've never really talked about how do you find those jobs? Um, how aggressively yeah. did you go? After them? Are are there some secrets to getting hired there that you would say uh, if somebody knows these, it'll help them get those positions? Um, so I would say back when I, I mean, yes, like there's always like value to having connections and, and people who know people to, to hire you. I mean, that's just how the industry works. I think that's how all industries work. Right. Um, but when I was looking for internships in like 2007 and eight, I, I kind of was just like throwing, I felt like I was just throwing darts at a board, just like applying for a bunch of them and just seeing you know, what, what I could get. Um, I think our professors had access to like an artsearch.org or, or something like that. And just, just really job websites like playbill.com and offstage jobs. And that's how I was sort of doing it or just looking up like, like Pennsylvania. I was, when I got the Pennsylvania uh, Shakespeare uh, internship. I really was just like, I've never been to Pennsylvania before. I'm going to Google the theaters that are in Pennsylvania and email them and see if they have internship programs. So I think that's a cool way to do it too. If there's like a town that you just want to, cause a lot of the time they'll provide housing for you because they don't pay you very much. So if they're going to like provide you housing to live somewhere, like why not go somewhere you've never been before? Yeah. No um, yeah. And I think, you know, at the time sound wasn't a super popular um, category of internships. So I think I just wanted to do it. And I think that was my kind of like success was I with getting the job. I just wanted to do it. Um, and I was enthusiastic. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I was just kind of Googling randomly around. That's kind of, kind of how I got my <laughs> internships. Well, I mean, but you, 
we could say that. Yeah, you know, I was just doing that. But the reality is, you were going for it. I mean, you took the time to yes, do it. Yes, I right? was proactive. Yes, yeah, I was gotta proactive. Yeah. Stuff out there. That's great. So yeah. I think, uh, kind of, um, you mentioned it's important to know people, networking, and all of that. So I'm going to jump to this question about Shannon Slayton, right? And 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 just um, how important do you think it is to get to to be? Would you use the word aggressive? Do you need to be aggressive in going after people? Because one of the things that you shared was that you know you went straight back. You didn't even know who was yeah. there. You went to the soundboard. You put yourself out there. You said, "This is who I am. What I want to do." Mike Ruckstad, he was like Facebook stalked the guy and kept you know calling and calling whatever because he saw the book and went after the man. Um, and and you know Shannon was open to that. Do you find that most people into the industry are open if you're will if you go to them and say help me or give me advice? Um, one hundred percent. And and you can uh, look at examples of like, well, Shannon hired both of us, didn't he? And like when you when you reached out to us, like, do you want to talk some to some students? We were like, absolutely. You know, so so I think yes, I think people are receptive to that. If they're not receptive to it, then just move on to the next person. Um, so I've been I've been working in New York for a couple like almost three years now. And really how you are supposed to get a job, like if you want to help like load in the show that day, you're supposed to literally go to the stage door with your business card, ask to speak to the head electrician or the house carpenter or wherever, whichever department you are looking to get a job in. And you introduce yourself, you go to the stage door and you introduce yourself and you give them a business card. And that's, that's how you get hired. So yeah, I mean, being proactive and going for it, because you know, I've had a couple of head electricians say, well, how do I, how do I know you won't work if you don't tell me? So that's, it's a very yeah, valid. I, <laughs> yeah, definitely. They're, I mean, don't they're not going to come looking for you. Right. So, I mean, don't be, don't be like crazy and weird about it and text them every day, but like definitely go after it. Yeah, no, that's great advice. That's good. That's very, very good. And I mean, if you want to work, go find a place to work, right? There's always, yeah. there's always something out there to do just uh yeah my friend friend ian was like someone's always gonna want to hang lights somewhere absolutely so (laughs) so now we'll 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 put your episode up and after that and and mike i bet shannon slayton gets inundated with emails (laughs) first of all he's gonna be expect a free book for one thing (laughs) sorry shannon no i know his phone number is i'm just (laughs) (laughs) how never to work again by renee levine (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah that would be good <laughs> awesome very good um so let's uh let's talk a little bit about um when when it was time to step out of the tour world right and 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 come i know you said you wanted a dog which we met latte latte's awesome so you you fulfilled that dream which is great I did. <laughs> <laughs> but how did you know uh that it was time and you know, were there, were there things tied to Broadway specifically that you wanted to be there and kind of some goals you'd set related to that? Yeah. I mean, I, uh, I've always wanted to work on Broadway. Um, it's the most exciting place to work, uh, in my opinion. Um, it's so much fun. Yeah. It's, it's even, can you believe it's even more exciting than like, you know, touring the Midwest? It I is. can't imagine. <laughs> um, yeah, I've, I've always wanted to, to be in theater. Um, and New York is where my family is. So right. that all of that kind of fit for me. I mean, I have a lot of friends who moved to New York and they don't um, they don't know any like, you know, Savannah's from Kansas. And that that to me is super brave. You know, she's just like, oh, yeah, I'm going to come out here and make it work. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm also going to my aunt's house for Passover. So right. like, you know, that's I'm cool. I'm good. I have a really um cool like family support network. But that's why that's why New York for me was like kind of the no-brainer place to go. Um and yeah, so so touring, I just you know, I I just yeah, I was just kind of I I felt similar to when I left the circus. I felt like I had sort of learned what I was going to learn. And, um, you know, there are only so many times you can tour 
Fort Wayne, Indiana, or even Chicago in the winter. Like there are just so many times you can, I mean, and some people love it and thrive off of it. And right. that's, that's amazing. Right. But I had really always wanted to, to, to do the New York thing as, yeah, as some people absolutely. say, like, yeah, yeah. I'd always wanted to do that. So I felt like I had kind of learned what I was going to learn. And then I felt like I was kind of like ready to to go and that's different for everyone like some people do like two tours and they're like that's it I'm good or some people just kind of like get their union card and they're like great now I'm gonna try and and work somewhere else you know everybody's everybody's journey is different but I just sort of felt like I was yeah I just kind of felt like I was just done with that chapter absolutely absolutely um talk to me a little bit about the union um, I know that, yeah. you know, when, when we've spoken before, that that's uh, something that you, you've got some passion about and that you, you think yeah. is important to you. And um, I know we've heard others mention it when we interviewed them, but we never really dove into, you know, a little bit of the history. What's it from? Wh you know, wh why would somebody join the union? What are the benefits? So just take a few minutes maybe and give us a little bit of a, uh, a teach and to about uh, the union. Yeah, so uh, the Stagehands Union is IOTSI, and uh, so I, I worked for the circus, and that was a non-union job, and then once I got my first uh, union job, there's already just an amazing difference in the way that you... I mean, work is always hard, right? It's never it's never easier, but there are things that they can do to, to compensate you. Like if you work, if you do end up working like overtime, then there's overtime pay. You know, there's, uh, you get healthcare, you get uh, retirement benefits, um, pension, you know, so there are a ton of good reasons to join the union if you're a stagehand. And I would recommend, I know, for example, like equity, um, I know this is like a big personal decision for some people, like, where do I get more work? Do I get work non-union union? As a stagehand to like, oh man, if you, I strongly feel if you have the opportunity to join the union, take it because there's no, I honestly don't really feel that there's too much of a downside with with joining the union and, and doing union work. Um, if you live in a big union town like New York or Chicago or, or Pittsburgh or, or somewhere like that. Um, so IOTSE is sort of the umbrella, like that's the stagehands union. So then within IOTSE, um, I hope this example makes sense. I, I used it with you yesterday, so I hope it makes sense to everybody else. But um, if you're in a fraternity, um, you, everyone's under this balloon of the fraternity, whichever one it is. And then you have different chapters, right? Which are the different uh, colleges that, cause you can be in the same fraternity, but you go to a different college. So you're a different chapter. So that's kind of how uh, the union works. So there's IOTSE and then there'll be the different locals based off of where you live. Um, so Let's, local one uh, is New York. Even like um, Boy Scouts, with you got Boy Scouts of America, and then you have the different troops in different towns. There you uh, go. That's cool. a way better yeah. example. <laughs> so yeah, that makes total sense. So you've got different chapters yeah. in different cities, and I would imagine even broken down to the different disciplines, right? Like you've got within that. Is that is that correct? Yeah. So so costumes and hair, those are like different. Those are different locals, um, and then the stagehands union sort of encompasses encompasses. Uh, carpentry props electrics and then lights and sound are under the umbrella of electrics and then uh yeah did i i hope i didn't miss anyone because i'd feel bad about that but uh wardrobe wigs and wardrobe are kind of they a separate local um depending on depending on what what city you're in got you and do i remember correct that new york city is local one because it's the yeah. first that's correct yep they that's, were the first. That's great. So I bet there's a lot of pride around local one, which there should be. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Union strong. Um, but <laughs> there are different, there are different, uh, so each of the different locals has a different um, way to get in. Um, I believe my friend who is a member of the Oklahoma City local, I believe it was like, it was a vote. Um, they had to vote, just kind of vote him in, go to, to the meeting. Um, and there, there are different ways to, to get in. Um, local one, you have to work for three years in a row and make a 
$37,500 consecutively three years in a row within their jurisdiction. So that just means like, um, it just has to, you have to be on the local one payroll. And then gotcha. so 37, five from a, in a local one job. Correct. Yeah. Right? Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So and if you, you miss a year, at McDonald's, it doesn't count. Right. Even <laughs> if it's next door to a Broadway theater, like the McDonald's next to the new Amsterdam, that does not count. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, gotcha. uh, yeah. And then not all, not all jobs on Broadway are local one jobs. So you have to make sure that you, um, so you have to make sure it's under a local one, like payroll so that you can, um, add that to your money. And then if you miss a year, you have to start all over again. So it's three consecutive years. Got you. So, and how, how are you doing in that? Well, I'm in my third year now. Um, I was doing pretty good until the shutdown. So I don't know. Hopefully. So I, if anyone from IATSE is listening right now, you should take total grace and mercy on Renee and just yes. let her just one letter in. Because she would have done it. It's she's not her fault with the shit. She totally would have done oh, it. I know me so. and a bunch of my friends are kind of in the same boat. Like I'm definitely not alone. Uh so I've been I've been having some talks with my friends like Hopefully they won't make us start all over. Hopefully we can just start next year, you know. Absolutely. But, uh, yeah, we'll see. Well, that's great. Well, um, so let's let's transition out a little bit uh, more nuts and bolts. Now, when we talked to Mike Rickstad in episode three, and if and if you're listening and you didn't watch that and you wonder what I'm talking about, go back and watch Mike in episode three. He did yeah. he taught us some great things. But uh, rather than have you kind of tell us what he did, which was all the different roles within the team, you can get in a little more depth in specifically A2, which is um, where the kind of the world you've been living in. Um, and what is the day-to-day -day for an A2 both uh, I know that you're subbing, so I, I would imagine subbing, you're doing the same things. You just got to learn it much quicker, right? Yeah. But, but what what does that world of an A2 look like specifically? Um, yes. Yeah, so, well, you are responsible for the backstage stuff uh, running the A2 track. So that means all of the radio frequencies, um, including the wireless microphones that the actors are wearing um, and also the wireless comm that uh, every the stagehands are wearing to communicate. So you're responsible for all of that. Uh, you're also responsible for the band microphones, you know, if something goes wrong. Um, I was actually doing a show once where um, the violin player accidentally uh, swapped the violin and the viola microphones. And so oh, no. I had to like, so when they were playing, there was the wrong microphone. So I had to kind of run down in the pit and very quietly because, you know, you can't talk into the microphone in the pit. I had to like show the label, you know, like wrong microphone. And she was like, you know, and then switched. A, <laughs> a great so, yeah. Like, so, um, you know, yeah. So you're responsible for what's happening backstage because the A1, of course, can't take their fingers off the desk. Um, so you're responsible for that kind of stuff. And, um, say an actor this has happened so many times like an actor gets sick in the middle of the show and they need to throw the understudy on really quick so you need to be there to take care of that make sure the correct microphone is on them so that the a1 can just do the show and not worry about it so it's really just all of the crazy troubleshooting and um you know liaisoning with different departments backstage and and everything like that so you are even more so than the a1 dealing with individuals Right? Yes. People, their tracks, knowing what they do, lots of different roles. You've got to you've got to kind of juggle all of those. Yeah. And that's where I think um, meeting all those different people at the circus really definitely uh, came into handy for me because I met so many different kinds of personalities. So I was I'm able to pretty much. all you know, I can almost deal with anything that gets thrown my way, any any type of individual. So I think that's really important. Yeah. Having positive people skills yeah and what about dance skills because it sounds to me like you're dancing a, a lot backstage yeah. and it's got to be choreographed doesn't it your movements where you yes. go backstage traffic and choreography is almost just as important um sometimes like if there's a problem honestly the dressers are your best friend i would say as an a2 you want to like become best friends with the dressers because they're the person who, especially the star dressers, they know exactly where that person is standing and when and how. So if I'm subbing on a show and I'm not there every night and I know, don't know exactly 
what's going on and I have to fix a star's microphone, I always find the dresser and I'm like, when's the best time to fix this? And they're like, okay, they're going to come in. I'm going to pull their apron off. They get a drink of water, go right after the drink of water or whatever it is. So it's very choreographed and when you can fix problems. Because I would imagine if it's, if you get in there in the wrong place, you're probably going to annoy some people. Yeah. Yeah. And especially as the sub, you like, do you want to be asked back? You don't want to annoy anyone. So yeah, that's, that's super important. <laughs> Absolutely. So um, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit then about your need for knowledge of different microphones. Is that true? I mean, especially as the sub, uh, because you're bouncing from theater to theater, do they yeah. all pretty much do the same stuff or is it no. different? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pretty much. And that's actually what I think is really cool um, about being a sub is because you get to see like everybody's different setup and how they how they organize things. Um, yeah, I was joking with my friend Bridget, who I who I sub for a lot. Um, I was I love taking pictures of her setup because I just think she has it so organized completely. And she jokes with me. She's like, oh, yes, you have a Pinterest board for for like <laughs> microphones and stuff. Um but yeah, it's it's cool to see the different way that everybody has their different setup. Um, but then, of course, the technology completely varies show to show because you have to think every show is different, right? Like if you're doing a rock musical, you might want a boom mic right here. If you're doing a play that's very subtle, you know, like the mics are like practically buried in the hair, you know. So, yeah, you have to keep up on all different kinds of stuff, all different kinds of technology, all different kinds of receivers and transmitters and different different comm technology that's coming out um but just go ahead and ask questions you know like they want they want you to get it you know they don't want to they don't want to get a phone call when they're supposed to be on vacation like i don't understand how this works you know like what's going on so like ask the question write it down um yeah so it's it's pretty cool so I just thought of something, I'm gonna put you on the spot a little bit here. And if you're not comfortable okay. answering it, don't answer it. But I know as a community theater director, producer, whatever, uh, and that all, you know, we've got a lot of different um, uh, teachers. One of the questions that everybody has is, what would you recommend as a good, just, did you have a favorite uh, lav mic or wireless mic system? Uh, you know, brand model, whatever that, that you oh. think, hey, this, this is my favorite. If I was going to pick one, this is what I'd go with for a theater. Oh, um, no, I don't have a, a favorite element because it's so subjective show by show. So I really think you got to look at the needs of the show. Um, so I did I did a, a couple of years working with the New York Musical Theater Festival uh, in New York, a twoing and that that whole show like all the shows the band is on stage with you the band is on stage you know wow. so you really have to be like because there's no room it's like these very small theaters um in the city and so you really have to get just whatever microphone gets the closest to your mouth you know because you literally have a band like on stage with you so i would say i don't have a favorite element um as far as because the needs of the show really just tell you what kind of element you need, whether it's, you know, Mickey ones or twos or, you know, um, but I would say as far as transmitters go, um, the Sennheiser 5212s are pretty standard. Um, but even, even that, like there's so many more evolving technologies now. Um, no, you can't have a favorite. You have to love them all, right? Good answer. <laughs> Easy answer. <laughs> that's fair. That's good. And yeah, I did put you on the spot there a little bit, but it's just curious because I know that's something that a lot of people, I even get asked a lot, and I'm not an audio engineer by any means, but what do you use? Yeah. What do you recommend? And and that's um, that's good. Yeah, I, yeah. Know I mean, sure, sure, and Sennheiser are generally like the two yeah. like main companies that kind of... Um, do most of the the um wireless microphones totally very good well i want to know here's this is kind of the deep question time right and this is something that we ask everyone but wh what okay. what is it renee that gets you up in the morning what makes you passionate right what what is it that you love about this job that you're willing to do, you know, whatever it takes and to be that go-getter to do it? Because obviously something drives you, you love what you do. Can, can you kind of put that into words uh, of what it is that fills you, the, the passion, the drive behind it? 
Yeah, um, I think there's nothing cooler in the world than really affecting people without them knowing that they're being affected. I think that's so cool. I think like solving problems on the spot and the audience never knew. I mean, I, I feel like every every like high school theater kid has that moment where they're like, oh, I made, I forgot my line and I flubbed it and the audience never knew. And I think um, that's kind of what I get um, where I get my high um, and it, excitement and passion from is just, you know, fixing a microphone on the fly or, you know, um, just like the show ran smoothly and I sneak out the stage door and no one ever knows I was there. And that's kind of like where I get my passion and what I think is so cool. Yeah. Being so good yeah. at what you do that nobody knows you're doing what you do. Yeah. That's the dream. <laughs> that's the dream right. Yep. Cause everybody says you never notice the sound man until something messes up with the sound. You want to be, what do we say? An audio ninja, Renee Levine, audio ninja. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> that's great. Yes. That's my, what I strive to be. That's great. And I'm going to have you tell a story here that you, you told me just cause I think it's cool. Um, about something that, that did kind of fulfill you when somebody recognized you one time, right out of a, out of the, you, you were leaving the door and somebody stopped you. Remember? Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was uh I was just leaving work um from my stage door and uh this this girl was like had her playbill and she was like, Oh, can I have your autograph? And I was like, Oh, microphones, like I just, you know, I wasn't in the show, I backstage and she was like, No, can I have your autograph? I do I do sound at my school and I was like, Oh, like yeah, man, you know, like that's cool. So I I signed my name and I told her to keep it up because we usually make more money. So <laughs> uh, uh, there you go. There you go. That's great. Well, um, we're we're getting down to it here. We're about out of time, but I just want to, you know, give you an opportunity to to is there anything I've left out? Anything that um, you want to talk about? Maybe, you know, things people didn't teach you that you wish you'd learned and maybe it's a good thing or a, something to just be aware of in order to to really make a good decision if, if this is a career for someone. Um, I think that, um, I think that to make a good decision. So I, th I think, uh, if you want to go into theater and you want to have this as a career, um, I really think the passion for the show as a whole is really important to have, right? I, I don't think I I don't think it is a place, especially when you're new and starting from the beginning. I don't think ego is a has a place in this because if you're doing something to be recognized and not go, because really like it's serving the story, right? The story we're trying to tell. So I think if you really go into it um, and that's what you really care about is the audience like really being affected and hearing the story story, then I definitely think it's the right career for you because that is the like number one goal is like get the story, you know, whether that's like, oh my gosh, they're in the wrong costume and they're in the wedding dress and they, they have to be in the wedding dress or else there's this like specific moment that won't be communicated. Like the things like that, I don't know, that was just a random example, but like, you know, like whatever it is or like this line, this person's microphone is out and they must say this line because it's a key piece and how do we get that line heard? You know, like, so I really think like serving the whole is is how you, without without being egotistical about it, Absolutely. Um, I think that's the most important thing you care about. I think that is like how you know that the career is for you. And it's cool to be excited about it, right? Like yeah. it's cool to yeah. like be excited and love theater. And like, I, I love working on Broadway. I love like, I get to work on magic for a living, you know, oh, like oh, that's, oh. you know? So I really think like, being passionate about telling the story is like number one. And I, I know I'm going to get made fun of for that because it's a dorky thing to say, but it's I'm not afraid to be a dork. There you go. <laughs> so. I'm absolutely. We're, we are the same. 
same tribe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, and I've always, you know, I've kind of explained it before as if you look at a masterpiece, a painting, every stroke and every color of the piece is important. And if you take any of those out, it might never be a masterpiece, right? Yeah, absolutely. Even, even, the, even the, the subtle colors you don't notice are hidden stars. Boom, 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 boom. So that's great. Well, now you've seen some of our episodes, I know. Yeah. And so you knew this was coming. So we're down to our wall of wisdom from Gateway Mortgage. All right. It's your turn to give me some nugget of wisdom that I'm going to put on a piece of gaff tape. And um, we're going to put it up there and it will live in infamy until uh, the trailer gets torn apart. But hopefully not soon. <laughs> So what, Renee Levine, would you like to put on the Gateway Mortgage Wall of Wisdom? Okay. Be a team player and serve the story. Ooh, that is good. Be a team player and serve the story. I like it. Well done. All right, very good. Well, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for being with us. This has been a, an incredible time. Um, we, as always, we've learned from this. We've learned about you, which is just as important as us getting uh, more knowledge because you are a star and you're our star today. And so one of the things we always want to end with here um, is a Q&A. And we're going to transition to that now. I almost forget all that. See, it's just live theater, right? It's just like live theater. I have it's to like... remind myself we, we want to get some questions in. We've got a few minutes. We don't have a lot of time. So we're going to come uh, to this Q&A time here. And I'm going to call on some people and have them ask some questions. Um, let's see. Let's start with uh, Gabriel Herrera. Gabriel, um, if you want to unmute your microphone and ask um why don't you ask, pick, uh, you asked a bunch of questions and I'll make sure uh, Renee gets all of those and we'll answer it for you offline, but I don't think we have time for all of them today. So why don't you pick your top two and you can unmute your mic and ask Renee. Alrighty. Um, is there a musical that you haven't worked on that you really do want to work on? Oh yeah. Do I answer it right now? Yeah, absolutely. Jump out there with an answer. Yes. Les Miserables is my most favorite show in the whole world and that would be my dream to work on mm -hmm. you i don't know if i've mentioned this every episode or not but that might be mine as well maybe jean valjean anybody out there wants to cast me <laughs> i'm i'm available i'm just sitting around i know it ready to go just throwing that out there sorry yeah, go ahead the next Broadway revival. Uh, there you go i'd be okay and what part of theater would you be working if you weren't working sound Oh, um, okay. So I've always been pretty interested in company management, which is not a thing that we <laughs> have talked about, I don't think. Um, so uh, specifically company management for touring uh, Broadway theater. And I know I said I was done with touring, but um, what the company manager does is really just like is sort of in charge of everyone and is responsible for like moving the cast, the crew, the band, um, anybody who's with that tour, they're responsible for moving them to different cities. They're responsible for like checking in them into their flights. Um, they are on Broadway. They kind of are mostly just responsible for payroll and, and paying you. But um, I think I would be really good because I traveled for almost um, a decade. I think I would be really good at like moving big groups of people. And I think I would be good at like finding fun things to do in those cities because I did it for so long. So I think that would be like the thing I would want to give a try. And payroll, payroll's cool. I, I could do, I could learn some payroll, you know. So I think it'd be interesting to, um, to do like a management, like business management side of theater. Absolutely. And you know what? People tend to like you if you're the one that give them money. Yes, exactly. Like you show up and hand the paycheck, like, hey. <laughs> oh, absolutely. So I'll throw one last question in here. Um, what is there a proudest moment, something you've saved the day, um, a, a time that just kind of sticks out to you that, hey, this one moment, man, that was a moment that I'm just incredibly proud of what I did. Oh, um, well, there, there was a, I was working on the revival of Oklahoma recently and um, my, my friend Bridget, who I, I've talked about her before, she's a, 
she's like a, you know, somebody that I look up to. Um, she was mixing the show and I was backstage. And one of the actors, that whole cast never hardly ever came off stage the whole time. And uh, the understudy was on for the role of Will Parker. And he was about to sing his big duet with Ado Annie. And there was no way he was coming off stage. And his microphone was just completely like sweated out and, and dead. And so Bridget was like, you got to go on stage with a handheld and hand him, just hand it to him. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so <laughs> it was like horrible. Like I was so nervous and like my heart was just like pounding, you know? So we, we made the swap happen and I talked to the stage managers and I was like, when would be the best time? And they were like, all right, there's a big dance number sneak in as all these people are leaving and hand it to him and like oh my gosh it was so nerve-wracking but the actor was like he was acting and he looked at me and he looked at the handheld and it was like okay I understand what's going on here and he grabbed it and just started singing and I just walked off I think I was even wearing like a New York Rangers t-shirt like it was so ridiculous awesome. like, yeah it was but we did it and afterwards me and Bridget were like oh my god I don't think anyone noticed too much like we were just free oh yeah so and you started was, singing proposing that I say that your lips are like cherries or roses or berries exactly. what you gonna do I know that because I played Will Parker in Oklahoma and a little fun fact the guy that played that part on Broadway revival was named James Davis yes Jimmy that's right that's right see <laughs> I know. I looked because when I first went to the website and looked it up, I thought, Mom, I'm on Broadway. And oh, wait, that's not, that's not me. <laughs> Dang, they forgot to call me. Anyway. That's just my kind of thing. Like, you know, like even if you kind of have to like embarrassingly go fix something on stage, it's serving the story, right? Like, that's right. We got to get this song heard, and that's what matters. And maybe no one noticed I was on stage. <laughs> that's okay. You, know? you deserve to be on stage some, Renee. You jump out there anytime you want. <laughs> Speaking of that, now it is time for us what we always want to do because you don't get to go out for the curtain calls, right? But you deserve to be a part of the curtain calls. So we want to applaud you. So everyone unmute your microphones and let's give Renee Aww. a round of applause. Aww. This is your standing ovation because you are a star, ma'am, and you deserve it. You deserve it for sure. So Thank very you. good. Well, I've got it right here. Be a team player and serve the story that's good, yeah. that's good we're gonna put that right yeah. up here bye everyone else on the wall of wisdom and you are now a part of the hidden stars of broadway or of the theater wall of wisdom thank you gateway mortgage we gotta say that because he michael keeps us on the air the local guy that loves the arts and loves arts education and you know what we love you renee so thank you for being a part of our family now it's great to have you today all right thank you so much no, thank you so much, Renee. Uh, just incredible. Every time we have a, a great guest such as yourself, I, I'm just inspired anew. Um, it, it, it never disappoints. There's always so much to learn, as you shared with us, from where you came from to where you are now. So thank you for that. And and you know what? Thank, thank you guys for joining us, as always. I hope you learned something. I hope that you learned that um, you got to be a team player and you got to serve the story. So discover your story and, and you know what, whether you're going to be a star on the stage or you're going to be a hidden star behind the stage, it doesn't matter. You're still a star, uh, just like Renee and all of our guests always are. Uh, and that rhymed and I didn't mean for it to, but that's okay. Uh, speaking of stars, thank you to our featured school of the day, East Forsyth High School in Kernersville, North Carolina, and all you guys and, and Coach Tiffany Burgess, we just appreciate you sharing your shows with us and we're going to see your seniors here in a minute but first let me just ask you guys to do something if you enjoyed this and you enjoyed all of our episodes here on the hidden stars of theater down below subscribe if you haven't please do it like and comment send me comments my email will be down there if uh you got something to share uh maybe there's a position we haven't covered yet and we've got some some new ones coming up um let me know what it is maybe you're interested in something we haven't talked about let me know and I'll go find somebody that's that's doing that and we can uh, we can do something just for you. But uh, until then, hey, like, subscribe, comment, come back, share this with your friends. Tell everybody about the Hidden Stars of Theater because we want everybody to know about our Hidden Stars. Love you guys. Be good. And uh, we're going to see some seniors of 2020 uh, from East Forsyth High School in Kernersville, North Carolina. And let's roll those now. Bye, guys.